Sociocast presents coverage of the 2019 election for the presidency and vice presidency of the American Sociological Association. I'm Joseph Cohen from Queens College. To give voters a better sense of the candidates, we asked the four major office candidates to answer seven questions about the discipline, the association, and their vision for both. To hear the other candidates, visit www.sociocast.org slash ASA 2019. I hope you enjoyed the interview. All right, we're here with Jennifer Earle, Professor of Sociology at the University of Arizona. She is a vice presidential candidate for the American Sociological Association. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Could you begin by telling us about yourself and your work? Sure. Um, I'm broadly interested in social change processes, and I've studied this by studying social movements, so broadly how people try to change the world in their terms um, through sociolegal research, so how major institutions like the law often try to attempt to control or constrain um, those changes, although sometimes they, the law may enable it as well. And then through research on media and social and digital technologies, which to me represents both something that may affect how people try to change the world, how authorities try to stop that change, um, and how the pervasive use of those technologies may itself represent uh, influence for social change. So within my work on social movement studies, um, I've focused on social movement repression, broadly how people try to um, control or constrain protest. Um, I've also looked at how people use social and digital media to try to help their efforts. And uh, more recently, in the last five, six years of my work, I've also uh, started to look at how young people in particular face uh, obstacles and have opportunities where they try to make change. Um, I teach in all of these areas, as well as teaching uh, a gen ed class at my university that's to mostly freshmen called Social Issues in America. I enjoy teaching all of those classes, including that uh, large class, because I hope that it's helping a large group of people experience what a sociological lens has to offer and to learn more about research about their everyday life and the world around them. Another part of my work as a sociologist involves outreach and trying to uh, extend the meaning of an impact of my work um, beyond uh, academic communities. So uh, I've written op-eds, uh, a public voices uh, fellow from a couple years ago, and I had written op-eds both before and since then. Along with Thomas Elliott and Tom Mayer, um, I run the Informing Activist series, uh, which is basically a set of videos where we pose questions to leading social movement scholars, asking them to do translational work, where we ask them to answer a question such as, how can I help recruit people to my movement? Um, and we ask them to answer that question in three to five minutes using the best research they have available. We post those in um, video format uh, on the Mobilizing Ideas um, blog. And the main audience is, is uh, I mean, it's geared to be for young people. Um, so if you're a young person looking to get involved, you're already in a movement, you're looking to um, lead or organize, um, and then finally, the last uh, part of my work as a sociologist is professional. Um, so while I do the same kind of mentoring of students that 
probably most of us do. Um, I also have been really invested in mentoring young faculty. And so I've been the part of starting mentoring programs in several sections, an active participant in mentoring programs. And then obviously, uh, since I'm a candidate for an office, I try to serve the organizations that help support our field, whether that's serving the ASA through, in my prior experience, um, section roles, uh, through helping NSF uh, as a reviewer or panelist, um, uh, serving as an editorial uh, in an editorial board or an associate editor or something like that. Um, so that's a little bit about me. In your opinion, what do sociologists do? What's our role in society? What's the purpose of our profession? You know, when I saw this question, I really thought about how to answer it um, because it starts off with my own opinion. But then I thought what you really want to know is what would I do if I were elected vice president? What would I do in that role? Um, And so I'm answering this from the perspective of someone who is running for uh, an office in a professional association, um, which means that it's very much my job if I were elected to that position to help further my colleagues in the broadest sense, I don't mean my colleagues here at University of Arizona, I mean you, I mean your listeners, Uh, I mean sociologists who are members uh, and non-sociologists who are members of ASA. Um, It'd be my job to help forward their work, uh, our work in the broadest sense. Um, So I don't see this role as really about playing umpire about what issues or methods or theories should be privileged above others. Um, but instead really working to help us collectively improve our institutional resources and capacities so that uh, we, can, uh, have, we can do more work and have that work be more impactful. Um, I guess in some ways, when I was thinking about this answer, I thought uh, someone may hear that and think, well, that's a little bit of a cop-out. You know, he asked you in your opinion. Um, uh, but I think one of the things that I mean, I mean in a very deep and genuine way that I love about sociology is that there is not a singular, in my mind, answer to what do sociologists do, and in many ways, nor should there be. Um, Sociology is a very broad field. Amongst the social sciences, probably one of the broadest, if not the broadest field, and I mean that topically, theoretically, and methodologically. I think, indeed, we are a better field precisely because uh, we are so broad, because our field embraces so many different interests, so many different perspectives, and so many different points of view. So I think the the sort of first thing to know about how I try to do service um, is that I don't try to do service by doing service to advance my own view of what something should be. Um, I think when you're in a service role, you're there to support the organization and the members who make it up. Um, And so my job isn't to try to pick what I think sociologists should do and then to try to make an association that makes that more likely. It is to try to ask what do members wish that they could do better and how could we help that? Um, now, if you pressed me, I guess I'd probably, you know, give some very broad definition of sociology, like advancing human understanding of social organization, social inequality, and social change uh, through, you know, theoretical and empirical research. Um, but even there, you'd see my broad, my feet view of the field is very broad. Um, And I think that that's a really big strength of our field. Um, And so I guess the thing I would really focus on is not what, what do I think I'm doing as a sociologist? um, Because that's what I do in my own work, not uh, what I'd be doing in an elected office. What I'd be doing in an elected office is trying to listen, 
uh, to what people want and then try to figure out how can I use my skills to advance that. In your view, what is the ASA's job? Whom does it serve and what does it do? What is its role in the discipline? Well, as you might guess from my prior answer, at the end of the day, ASA is a membership organization, which means the very real and practical answer to that question is it serves its members. It can do that in a lot of different ways. Um, That can be public advocacy about the importance of social science research. It could be supporting new research through internal funding mechanisms. It could be um, individual membership development. It could be lots of other things. Um, But at the end of the day, what ASA does is serve its members and serve the collective interests of that membership. Um, So I very much think of the role of uh, vice president as a service job. It's trying to figure out how to help forward those broad organizational goals that we share and chip in. Um, I will say that I think that an important part of ASA that is a lot of people don't talk about enough is that for most people, um, their real connection to ASA isn't strongest through the overall organization, but rather it's most deep and impactful through their connections to individual sections. Um, And indeed, that reflects my own experience at ASA, which has largely been focused on sections. I've chaired two different sections. I've served and chaired on the committee on sections, and I've served in many other service roles within the three sections that I've been a long-term member. And I think pretty much if I think about almost any of my ASA meeting participation, almost all of my ASA-related service, um, sections are really critical to that. And my own experience on the committee on sections is that that's true um, for, for most lots and lots for sure, of our members. So I think when someone thinks about ASA, they both need to think about the larger ASA-wide issues, but also how to support the health, vitality, and governance of sections. Um, I think part of this is that the ASA has been somewhat overdue on listening to what members think about the organization. And the current membership survey initiative that's happening, I think, is one of many important steps that we can take and I'm glad to see ASA already taking it um, to understand better what members want, um, how they feel about what we're providing as an organization, and how we can improve. Some sections have started doing this on their own as well, um, and I think that that's really important. I'd like to see the ASA support sections be able to do that same sort of uh, introspection. Finally, I think it's important to help ASA continue to think about how it can be as inclusive as possible to the extent to which the ASA is a place that provides a professional forum through which there is a flow of scarce resources, whether that's networks or opportunities or jobs or anything else, I think inclusivity is a really important thing for the organization and for individual sections to worry about. So I guess if I summed up, like, what's the ASA's job? (laughs) It's to serve its members. Um, But a big part of that is actually, I think, listening to members on a regular basis, finding ways to find out what members want, and also trying to pitch initiatives, not just at the overall organizational level, but in the real uh, day-to-day interactions that they have through those organizations sections. What is your sense of the biggest issues facing our discipline? Do you have ideas about how to engage them? I think a big issue that I haven't talked about yet is that there are really changing societal views about the legitimacy and importance of research. 
Um, and I think that this is really important and represents both a major short-term and long-term threat to not just our field, but to democracy. Um, in a very real way, um, we need to help people and uh, state actors continue to understand <laughs> the importance of uh, research broadly, of science, social science research broadly, um, and to really understand the way in which research on the world is important to having a better world. Um, and our association in partnership with other professional associations, I think really needs to continue to prioritize understanding and influencing these shifts in uh, perception of research and sociology, um, because if people don't want to listen in the long term, it's not going to matter how much we have to say. Um, and I think that that's, that that's something we need to take really, really seriously. I think having enough resources and jobs to sustain our field uh, is critical um, and in, in many important ways is tied to the larger social recognition of the legitimacy and importance of research. Um, that said, I think that there are lots of ways that ASA as an organization can help um, uh, our field get more resources, but also can do well to help individual members help build their careers um, and get more resources for their work. As I mentioned before, I think inclusivity is really important. And I think it's a doable effort, but I think it's something that you can't take your hand off of the wheel of. Um, I, I think ASA needs to think about inclusivity at the larger organizational level, and I think in many ways it's tried to do so um, and needs to continue to do so. But I think it also needs to help sections, since inclusivity is uh, an really any issue in the ASA, most of it, the rubber meets the road when people get involved in sections. And right now I can, I can speak from experience in section governance that the ways in which ASA supports sections for um, trying to address issues about inclusivity could really use a great deal of improvement. Uh, inclusivity, I think, is not just about a pipeline. It's about the experience that members have. Um, and uh, there are lots of ways in which the organization and sections need to be thinking about how different axes of power and different axes of inequality are influencing our actual member experiences of the organization and the field more broadly. I would really like to see ASA continue to work on these issues, um, uh, both building on areas where there's been some recent success but also really openly acknowledging some areas we haven't made as much progress on where we do need to dramatically improve and improve quickly. I solicited questions from colleagues, and here are the three that we chose uh, for this uh, election series. The first is, if you are elected, what goals will motivate your vice presidency? What will be distinct about the ASA under your guidance? Well, I mean, one thing to remember to start off is that um, I'm a nominee for vice president, which means that um, my answer is, uh, and the answer of the uh, other person running for vice president, we're the second most important answers <laughs> um, because we uh, are not going to have as much influence as uh, the presidents will. So I think in one way I want to, um, you know, sort of remind people that part of my job as vice president would be to try to help support um, whoever the membership elects as president 
um, and their uh, goals for the association. Um, but I can also tell you about what I would hope to influence. Um, and uh, key issues that I mentioned before that I take really seriously, um, uh, all of those issues play out in sections. Um, and so as an organization, I would really like to see the ASA better understand the role that sections play in members' experience of the organization and better understand how to help sections that are thriving get even better and how, how to help struggling sections improve. Right now, um, I think the ASA has a sort of general understanding that sections are important, but I think the extent to which people's lived experience of ASA is largely through sections does not affect the actual processes of ASA governance, the flows of money, um, uh, the sets of rules um, that ASA uses. And so I think it's really important that ASA pay as an organization much more attention to the health and vitality of sections and how to improve them. I think this means that um, in the same way that ASA as an organization is trying to understand what members want, they need to much more seriously understand that those members are nested within sections and support sections in their efforts to understand uh, what their membership wants. And when sections aren't trying, maybe prod them a little bit to try to get them to listen to their members. Um, but I also think that ASA needs to think about how they can better empower sections to, new, to do what they need to do in order to advance their own goals and ASA goals. So I can say, while at many times as a section chair, working with ASA governance is great, at other times you want to make initiatives that make sense both with your section goals and with organizational goals, and you can't get what you need from ASA. So I'll give you one specific example. Um, as section chair of CBSM, um, we have a committee who is charged with membership diversity and inclusivity. Um, and we wanted to try to understand uh, the dynamics of inclusivity in our section along a range of dimensions. And although ASA has that data, um, ASA basically said, we can't share that data with you as a section. Um, we can give you aggregate numbers, but we can't tell you things that are really important to actually trying to improve that. Um, I, I think that ASA needs to really think about sections are where inclusivity happens, not just the ASA is where inclusivity happens. Sections is where people really get invested in this organization, not just at the broader ASA level. And so all of these different issues that we've been talking about, um, for me, what's really important is that I bring to ASA a focus on hey, this happens through sections and we need to be trying to help sections do better. Do you think that the claimed, quote, divide, unquote, in sociology between dispassionate empiricism and activism, do you think it's accurate or overstated? Do you think that uh, this type of talk is generative and productive or divisive? What will you do to make sure everyone feels represented in the Big Ten? Well, I hope that one of the things that's come through really clearly is that I don't think that the job at the ASA or my job, if I were elected as vice president, would be to play umpire between um, different views in the field. Um, at a very basic level, to me, this question is an issue of academic freedom. People have to make up their own minds, and when they do, reasonable people can 
will and do continue to disagree with one another about these issues. Um, so I don't think that this is for me to decide for our profession, nor do I think it's for ASA to decide for the profession. Indeed, I think um, just as I talked earlier about how I think that um, a big tent discipline is really one of our strengths, um, I think that disagreement when it's thoughtful and not personal can really help us to better understand our own views and that sometimes we even change our views. Um, so I think whether this is about this particular issue or other um, axes of disagreement in our profession, uh, that there is always going to be disagreement. <laughs> and so it's not really as helpful to think about um, is this disagreement productive or divisive, but rather to ask, because it's going to exist, it's, it, it's what, how could we create conditions that would make it more productive and less divisive? Um, what are the processes that we could put in place that might allow uh, more generative discussions of this? Because I don't think it's the case that um, whether we're talking about this uh, issue or any other issue where people disagree in the field, that there's going to be finally an answer where we all agree. Um, instead, uh, there's going to be constant discussion about it. And I think the you know, we should just acknowledge that that's true and then to try to seek benefit from it. And I think that benefit can be that when exchanges are thoughtful and not personal, they can really help to forward a conversation and get everyone, even if they're not changing their position on something, to better understand their view. Um, so I guess the, the second thing I would say about this is that I think that ASA can help to broadly serve um, all of these different views by members um, as professional priorities. So if someone um, feels that they want to do uh, research and not be very focused on outreach um, uh, or how that work is going to be used, I think that's a thing that ASA can help that person do. If someone really wants to do work that is geared towards um, uh, its impact outside of the academy, I think that's something that ASA can broadly support members in doing. Um, I think there are lots of practical ways that we can support those different views. And I think it is important that we support all of those different views because it's a membership organization. So I guess I would say that I think um, ASA already does try to support research, teaching, outreach, lobbying, activism, et cetera. And I think that it's important that ASA continue to do all of these things. And instead of thinking about ASA or me as a place that would play umpire to these, we could think about ASA as a place where this it will always be a conversation and that what ASA can do is try to help it be more productive and more generative, less divisive, and also uh, not because we're not disagreeing, but because the way in which that disagreement takes place uh, is less, you know, is not personal and more thoughtful, and that we can help support all of those different visions of work. Sociologists are concerned about inequality, and we know that a lot of inequality exists in our discipline. Virtually everything we do is suffused with inequality, and some argue unfairness. The teaching we deliver our undergrads, access to good graduate programs, opportunities to get good faculty jobs, access to research money and platform, and so on. Which inequalities within sociology concern you, and do you have ideas about how to engage it? I think this is a really important question, uh, and I want to come at it in a couple different ways. Um, 
first, I've mentioned that I think inclusivity is really important, um, and it's not just a pipeline issue, it's an experience issue. Um, and I think that ASA, uh, as I already mentioned, needs to both at the organizational level and help to empower sections at the section level to better understand um, uh, who's in our section membership, what their experiences are like, and how their experiences differ within our membership and what we can do uh, to improve the experiences of a range of, of different members. Um, in my own experience in working in organizations, um, I think there's a couple real ways to accomplish that. First, uh, most of us are social scientists because we believe that data matters. Um, and so I think a very important thing that ASA does and could extend in doing is collect data on our profession as a profession um, and axes of inequality and areas uh, that inclusivity could be expanded. Because I do think that, that data matters. I mean, I know and there are lots of ways to equivocate about that, et cetera, but I hope that our colleagues in general are committed to an idea that uh, we could learn something from research uh, on our profession. I think another thing that I've learned about working with people is that a lot of times people don't, aren't necessarily trying to obstruct change. Um, they're just trying to accomplish a lot of different things and change takes time and it takes effort. And so one of the things that you can do to really try to leverage change is to make making changes easier for people. <laughs> Um, so if you can make high quality supports available and really accessible to people in roles and at times where they can use them, I think people are actually quite likely to adopt them and to make changes that without those supports they wouldn't make. Um, so what's that mean in terms of ASA? Well, I think that basically um, we could uh, really try to think about how could ASA use its efforts in different core areas to help collect information, data about inequality, um, and also to make it easier for people in different kinds of positions and roles in our uh, association and in our discipline and in departments um, to act on that. So let me give you a really practical example. Um, I think that there are ways the association could help directors of graduate studies <laughs> think about inequality in admissions. Um, think about how to improve inclusivity. Uh, there are lots of things that if director of graduate studies were provided very high quality accessible aids, um, that that could really matter a lot in departments. I think we could say the same thing uh, for section chairs. I think we could say the same things for directors of undergraduate studies. We could say the same things for search committee members. And we could also say the same thing for members. So um, there's this new webinar series that ASA is running. I would love to see some webinars that deal with um, teaching and inequality. Um, I would love to have some open conversations about textbook prices. Um, uh, I would love to have uh, conversations that are about how can we support, you know, what's if you want to reduce the cost of education to your students, what can you do? <laughs> like, give me, give somebody a checklist. <laughs> what are the things they can go through? Um, and I really think that a lot of people will do the right thing when you make the right thing easy for them. <laughs> um, and so people can consider uh, data and can consider these things when you facilitate them. And I think that the ASA has some really low hanging fruit there to, to, 
address. Um, one issue that I don't hear a lot of people talking about, but I want to mention uh, in brief, because I think that the ASA and frankly universities need to start working on very seriously, um, is that in the coming years, there's going to be a huge impact of debt on our members and their careers. Um, and that we know a lot about debt and inequality as a field. Um, we're learning more and more about um, debt related to education, our PhDs, whether that debt is coming from um, their graduate degrees or their undergraduates are going to become young professors who have larger debt loads than um, young professors have ever had before. Uh, and that is going to be um, inflected with inequality in really important ways. And uh, I see very real ways in which the association can start to think about debt and its impact on our members' careers um, that uh, would let us get in front of some of these professional problems as opposed to sort of letting that wave hit us and us come to the slow recognition as a field that um, this is something that we really have to think about and, and try to understand how to deal with, not just at an individual member level, but at institutional and organizational levels. This has been SocioCast coverage of the 2019 ASA presidential and vice presidential elections. For more, go to sociocast.org slash ASA 2019. Our producer is Lisseth Moreno. I'm Joe Cohen. Thanks for listening.